You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here from the Locked On Nationals podcast. Today's show is brought to you by Locker Room. Locker Room is the best place to interact with all the sports fans just like yourself, podcast hosts like me, and just friends in general. bunch of audio chat rooms that you can get in about all the sports you care about. Go check it out. Uh, Download the Locker Room app today. Today's date is Friday, May 28th, 2021. And on today's show, we will preview the Nationals and Brewers series coming up uh, this weekend at Nationals Park and discuss what the Nats need to do moving forward to secure some victories. They're unable to capitalize off that sweep and uh, lost two of three against the Reds. We'll discuss what they need to do against the Brewers to turn things around and hopefully get a series victory. All right, let's get into it on today's show. So the Nationals and the Brewers are going to square off this weekend. First, let's discuss the state of things for the Nationals. They are currently 21 and 25. They are four games back in the National League East of the New York Mets. Uh, the Mets are 24 and 20. The Phillies right now are 23 and 24. Uh, excuse me, 25 and 26. The Atlanta Braves are 24 and 25. The Marlins are 24 and 26. The Nationals at 21 and 25. They're 13 and 12 at home, 8 and 13 on the road. They have a minus 14 uh, run differential, their current winning streak. They have lost one, rather, uh, winning streak, you know what I mean? And then they're 5 and 5 in their last 10. So not playing awful baseball over the last 10 games, but not good enough to kind of seize on the opportunity of a weak division right now. So let's discuss. Uh, what's coming up for them this week? They play the Milwaukee Brewers, who are 25 and 25. They are three games out of first place in the National League Central. They are 13 11 on the road, so it's uh, pretty good. They've got a negative 23 run differential. They've won one game uh, in a row. That's their current streak, and they're five and five in their last 10. So playing some pretty similar baseball to the Nats, but also they're a pretty good team on the road. So that kind of makes you think the expectation for this weekend. Uh, is you want to get two of three. It's kind of really what the Nats need to be thinking about here. And, and I said it in the last series, too. They need to be thinking about that. And it's it's tough for them that they, uh, you know, they couldn't get it done. But they still have a chance to have an above 500 road st- or homestand right now. They won those three against the Orioles. Uh, so right now they're four and two in the homestand. If you can take two of three here, that'll be a positive homestand for you. In all, you know, a six and three and a nine-game homestand is what the Nationals need to do here. I think they've got to take two or three here just to, once again, they've got to build that momentum because when you play the Braves, the Phillies, four against the Braves in Atlanta who've owned the Nats so far, and you get two in Tampa as well before you come home for four with the uh, San Francisco Giants, you need to find some good form. And that's what the Nationals are looking for. Uh, Your game times, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, 7.05 on Friday night. Uh, you can find that one on Masson. 7.15 on Saturday night. That one's on Fox. So I'm not sure if there's going to be a massive broadcast. Usually if they do the national games, uh, sometimes there's not a local broadcast. So I, I'd put your money on that game being on Fox. I doubt it will be on Masson. And then Sunday, May 30th, uh, 1.05. You can watch that one obviously on Masson and on ESPN Plus for those of you who are out of market. Your pitching matchups. In this series on Friday night, it is going to be John Lester taking the bump for the Nationals, going up against Brett Anderson for the uh, Milwaukee Brewers. And then you've got Patrick Corbin on Saturday night going up against Freddie Peralta. And then on Sunday night, 
You've got, uh, or excuse me, Sunday during the day, you've got Max Scherzer and Brandon Woodruff, which is a fantastic, fantastic pitching matchup. So we'll kind of take a look at what to expect here and uh, tried to get a hold this week of our friend Jake uh, from Locked On Brewers. Was not able to get a hold of him for a show. So we cross over and do a preview, but I'll do my best I can to fill you all in on the opponent the Nationals will be facing. But, uh, you know, let's let's kind of take it from the Nats' angle first before we kind of go the Brewers' direction. So, John Lester, what, what you're thinking about here with Lester is that he needs to bounce back in a pretty significant way. Uh, the last two starts he has made, he has been uncompetitive, right? He's, he's given up five earned runs through five and a third, and then six earned runs through four innings. Shockingly, they won the game, so I guess you could put it in air quotes and say, yeah, it was competitive, but... Uh, normally, four you know four innings of six-run ball is not good enough to get it done, especially with this offense. Now, I will say that was an example of the Nationals winning one of those high-scoring games that I said they need to start winning more of. You got to eke a few of those out, but the Nationals have not won many of those this year, so it was a surprise to see them do that. For Lester, you know, I, I this was my concern is that at this age, especially dealing with the injuries, you know, a guy who pitches to contact at this point of his career not going to be a high strikeout guy. Uh, at this point, you know, I think there's got to be some, there is some concern about, you know, how viable he's going to be. I mean, you're going to have to score some runs. And that's not a, I think the Nats brought him in with a guy, you know, they thought, hey, the offense will be good enough and they'll be able to score with him. And he's a veteran guy. But, you know, I think also the Cubs connection too is, is kind of why he's with the team. I think that's, uh, that's one thing. And he's not a very expensive option as well on a one-year deal. But this month, in 20 innings, 20 and a third innings pitch, he's got a 6.64 ERA. So he's not really delivering this month, uh, you know, and it's what? I think it's just going to be his fifth start, I believe. Fourth, yeah, this will be his sixth start so far this year. So the first three starts were pretty good, right? Five innings, no earned runs. Five innings, three earned runs. Six innings, one earned run. Um, in that six-inning game, they actually lost it. They should not have. But the last couple have been difficult for him, and, and – uh, I think, you know, I think that's kind of the nature of a pitcher like John Lester. He's going to pitch to, a, you know, like we talked about, pitch to contact. And when you pitch to contact, you're, you know, it's it's going to happen. We're going to have some games where you get tagged. Uh, and, and then luckily for Lester, that's kind of been the way it's gone so far this year. So they need him to be solid. And look, they brought him in also to have another lefty in the rotation. So the, the thing I'm looking at now is the fact the Nationals rotation is complete. Uh, they've got the five guys they wanted in the rotation in the rotation now. They've got Corbin, Scherzer, Strasburg, Ross, and, and Lester in the rotation now, and it's time for them to begin to perform. Now, I'm not going to say that they've done poorly uh, while they've been together. Obviously, Scherzer's been fantastic. Corbin has just been hit or miss, and Strasburg is coming off the mend. Joe Ross has one other guy who's been hit or miss, and John Lester has been hit or miss too. Uh, you know, I, I reference 2019 a lot, and I know not every team is similar, but – The traits of the 2019 Nationals are the traits of a championship team, especially in that pitching perspective. The Anibal Sanchez factor of him being so consistent is a big reason why, and all those guys being consistent was a big reason why. They need them to all settle into some rhythms and just, you know, feel confident about who's going out there. I mean, I think right now the only guy you feel really good about every five days is Max Scherzer. It's the only guy at this point I think anybody can say confidently Every fifth day with Scherzer on the bump, you feel great. Strasburg, we're not there yet. Joe Ross, we're not there. John Lester, not there. And Patrick Corbin, definitely not there. So they've got to build that. And that kind of takes me to Saturday 
where they've got Corbin on the mound against Milwaukee uh, on, on Saturday night. And Corbin this year is 3-3 three and three with a 6.13 ERA. This month, he has been um, better at times. I would say across the board, it's been... The, look, the, better, the, the beginning of the month was a lot better than the, the end of the month. Uh, let's just put it that way. The, the, he's made uh, five starts so far this month. And the first three starts of the month, seven innings, six innings, seven innings, and gives up a total of six runs in all of those. So you're fine with that, you know. Uh, and they won all three of those contests. He then has the Cub outing where he gives up a bunch of hits, eight hits across five innings, three earned runs. Um, and then against the, the Orioles, five and two-thirds, 11 hits, four earned runs, two Ks, you know, three Ks rather, two walks. That's the issue is that he's another guy – those hit numbers, man, can go way up for him sometimes. And for, for me, it's about having him work ahead. Right? He's got to be ahead in the count. That's what makes his pitch arsenal so effective. When Patrick Corbin can get ahead of hitters, that is when he is at his best. If, you're, if he's going to force you, or rather you're going to force him, in a situation to throw uh, you know, one of his fastballs in, when you're ahead in the count as a hitter, you're going to have a higher rate of success, at least in my opinion. That's what I'm seeing so far this season, right? That's, that's, that's what you're looking at. Now, if he can get ahead of you, you know, he's got that fastball. You know, you're, you might be thinking uh, off speed in certain situations, but that's when he can be effective is, okay, you know, when he's got you on the back heel. And I know a lot of pitchers are, but I'm saying especially with him, when you've got that slider, the fastball, the sinker, and the changeup to go along with the cutter and the curveball, which, you know, he doesn't really use the cutter or the curveball all that much. But uh, for a guy who's going to hit you predominantly with the slider, you know, if he puts him in, in a bat where, look, if you're up 3-1 on him, you know, he might just keep throwing a slider to you and you actually just take your walk. Or he's got to throw you a fastball somewhere in the zone, uh, whether it be a sinker or a four-seamer. So I, I think that at this point, you know, and predominantly, look, he's using those three pitches, slider, four-seamer, and sinker. So he's got to get ahead of guys now, I will say he's done a good job getting deeper into games and helping them out some, but uh, guys are hitting 230 off the slider, and that's, you know, it's not bad. Guys are hitting 277 off the four-seamer, though, and they're hitting 404 off of the sinker. So that shows me, it tells us what I'm just talking about is that, um, you know, he's getting a high percentage of whiffs, 37% on the slider, but he's not getting a whole lot of swings and misses on his four-seamer and on his sinker. Guys are just having a lot better time of timing up those pitches, and uh, those are not you know, those are not his go-to out pitches. He can use those, but predominantly speaking, those are not the, uh, those are not the pitches that you know, you're going to see a lot of the time him throwing. So uh, I, I think Patrick Corbin, that's the focus, is, is getting ahead. Now, he looks healthy. His pitch counts have been up. He's doing a really good job of getting deep into games, but it's not always outings with this offense that, that allow them to win, right? He's 3-3 three and three with a 6.13 RA, which that shows he's been getting a lot of run support, right? If you look across the board, uh, you know, the, he's been pretty fortunate with some of the run support he's gotten. But you go back to that Cardinal start earlier in the year, and that was, that's when he was really at his best, you know, six innings, four hits, five Ks, and uh, he only threw 76 pitches. But this month he's been better, 3.82 ERA across the month, and the Nats are 4-1 and one in games which he pitches, but, um, yeah, you know, the, the hit numbers are a little bit concerning. And, look, let's be honest about the last game. Anytime you go up 11 hits in a game, you should probably lose it. So Patrick Corbin needs to be more – you know, I think he's been pretty consistent in terms of what he, he's delivering. He just needs to consistently 
be the better end of it. Like I think you could expect a lot of hits and three or four runs from Corbin each time out. Uh, but there is, you want him to trend towards the other way, right? Like getting those hit numbers around five, six, because hit numbers and walks translate to what scoring opportunities. Um, that's just kind of the way it is. Yeah, I, I know there's so much analytics in baseball, but this is a simple one is that when there's more traffic on bases, it's more pressure and it's more opportunities. The more opportunities teams get, the more times, uh, unless the Nationals, more times, uh, you know, more times than not, they're going to score if they get a bunch of opportunities. And there's only so many times you can put traffic on the base paths. And that's, that's kind of a characteristic of a, of a Patrick Corbin uh, start. I mean, a majority of his starts this year, um, you know, I think a majority of his starts, he's given up at least six hits. Yeah. Six hits in a major, at least, yeah, a majority of his starts this year. He's given up at least six hits. So he's got to improve on that front. And then finally, uh, what you got going on for you on Sunday is a Max Scherzer. And, you know, Max Scherzer has been fantastic this year. There's really not a whole lot else to say about him. Four and three, 2.70 or 85 Ks. Uh, picks up a loss in his last game, you know, seven, seven innings, five hits, two earned runs, two home runs. That's kind of what we talk about with Max, right? You can, you can have him a little bit on that long ball, and, and he's had a couple games. Now, he's had some stretches where he has not given up, um, you know, some home runs, but you know, I think that stretch that he had between his first start of the year and then his last start of the month, he had three really solid starts where he went at least six innings and nobody hit any home runs off of him. But this month, you've seen a couple instances uh, of that, and, uh, you know, he's been tagged for some solo shots, and that's kind of what the nature of Max Scherzer pitching is like. You know, right? He hangs a couple pitches or, you know, challenge fastballs, right? That's kind of the risk of throwing a challenge fastball is sometimes guys take it for a ride. And that's okay. He's been great this year. So looking to see Max continue an excellent pitching matchup. Whenever Max goes up against another good pitcher, he's usually up to the task. I think he usually, he loves that kind of stuff. And so he loves having a, a matchup like a Brennan Woodruff to get after it on, uh, on Sunday. All right, let's take a break. We come back. We'll hit on the lineup. And then we'll move on to the Brewers and discuss the opponent for the Nats this weekend. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is brought to you by Lucy.co. Lucy.co is a new sponsor here for the Locked On Podcast Network. We are glad to have them. And Lucy Nicotine is a company founded by Caltech scientists and former smokers looking for a better and cleaner nicotine alternative. Finally, tobacco alternatives that do not suck. Researchers and developers have worked for three years to make this product for people, not patients. Lucy has created a nicotine gum with four milligrams of nicotine that comes in three flavors, wintergreen, cinnamon, and pomegranate. Lucy has also a lozenge with four milligrams of nicotine that comes in three flavors, cherry, uh, cherry ice, citrus, and mint. Lucy lozenges and gum are also FSA and HSA eligible. Locked on MLB network listeners, go to lucy.co and use the promo code locked on MLB to get 20% off on all products on your first order, including gum and lozenges. That's lucy.co. Use the promo code locked on MLB. Also, I have to use this disclaimer as well. This product contains nicotine derived from tobacco. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Lucy.co and be sure to use that promo code locked on MLB. All right, so the Nationals lineup, uh, they got to figure this thing out, they got to do it. In a hurry, that pitching uh, pitching staff for the for the Brewers is pretty good, and for the Nationals, we talked about it a lot. If you guys want to hear a lot of our thoughts on what the lineup has to do um, to get better, yesterday's show is a great reference point. Max Raymond and I uh, just on deck, really just had a, a kind of a, a big conversation, all in all, about what the Nationals 
as a lineup have to do because we did we talk about it. You know, they've got the fourth best at it, batting average in all of baseball, right? That they're really good at getting guys uh, at least on the base paths in that capacity of getting guys, you know, um, not always the scoring position, but they get guys on base. And when you compare that, you know, do you go to their RBI numbers? Uh, they are bottom, bottom five in the league in terms of runs driven in this year. Uh, they're right at tw- they're 27th at 176. The only teams that are worse than them are the Tigers, the Pirates, and the Mets. The Mets are the worst team in the league when it comes to driving in runs, or at least RBIs. And that's because uh, of how injured they are. And then they had some solo pop as well. But with that being said, they're still towards the bottom of the league in, in home runs. They're at 47, and that's 24th in the league. So they've got to figure out a way to start driving more guys in. Um, and I think situational hitting for them has been kind of just this big cloud that's hung over them. They've had some moments. I think here's the problem is that we, when you think about the Nats situational hitting this year, you think about moments. It's not a sustained effort. And that's the problem is that I can say the Nationals have been good at times at driving in runners in scoring position, but not, you know, not consistently good at driving the runners in, in, in scoring position. Um, I, I will say this, they are on the lower end when it comes to strikeouts, but also on the lower end when it comes to walks, too. So there, there's a lot of variance here happening with the Nationals lineup. And we talked about it yesterday, too, the need for them to put together a consistent lineup that you, we each day say, yeah, this is kind of, this is what it should look like. This is the groove, right? You know, obviously things can change here and there, but there's got to be a consistent lineup at each day as a Nationals fan, you look at it and you say, yeah, that's, yeah, I feel good about that today. You always feel good about Turner and Soto in the beginning. I think a lot of people do. But, uh, you know, what does that manifest itself to? Schwarber and Bell have been so inconsistent. Josh Harrison, obviously, has been great in and out of the lineup. Brian Zerman has been strong this year. Stalin Castro, numbers are good, but he's been so up and down. And they're kind of looking for that right formula, and they have not found it yet. Now, if they can get Josh Bell going, Definitely another piece of the formula that adds it in there. I think Kyle Schwarber is going to be a guy all year that does not hit for average and provide some individual pop, which the Nationals will definitely appreciate. One other thing, too, they need to get Soto hitting for some power. He just, ever since the injury, he's still, I keep saying this, I know it sounds like an excuse, does not look fully right, doesn't look fully back to me. And I think that injury kind of disrupted things. Now, not looking right for Juan Soto still means he's hitting 286. But the fact that Trey has been a guy who's let off a whole lot this year, and he is the one who's driven in 26 runs. I know he's played in 10 more games, but he is the one at this point in time that you feel a lot better about in run scoring, run driving, and rather situations. He's kind of the guy who's been leading that charge so far this year. And once again, Kyle Schwarber, a guy who's been hitting for some pop eight home runs this year too. Josh Bell is beginning to come around. He's hitting 217, but for fans who've been watching, Josh Bell has been uh, very much below that. If they can get Victor Robles back, that'd be great because he was starting to hit well, and maybe he picks that back up. Obviously, Zimmerman has been hitting well, too, but the issue is for him, you know, he's in and out of the lineup, and at his age, they don't want to take it too much. But I think they're hitting the point of the season now where they got to find ways to, to get as many opportunities for a guy like Ryan Zimmerman as possible. You know, get him as many pinch hit ABs as possible. He's, he's always got to be the first guy off the bench, in my opinion, maybe give him some more reps. Just I feel like with the way Josh Bell is hitting, it's great, but both those guys need to find ways to get into the lineup. And I know that uh, Zim has been a pinch hitting option for them a whole lot, but look, he hits once on Tuesday and doesn't uh, you know doesn't hit since then. 
And I, I think they need more of him, you know, in this series because or more of him in general, just because of how consistent he has been. And I know they don't want to kick the tires too much, and they don't they don't want to, um, you know, put too many miles on him too early in this long season. But at some point, you gotta start pushing. You know, you gotta start pushing things. I know it's early, but the Nats need to begin to push a little bit because um, once again, we don't think the division is going to stay down for this long. Right? We, we don't think the division is going to stay down in this place. For, for this long, and this is an opportunity now to at least try to keep some pace, find your form, or make up some ground even. But I think the lineup has to be a big part of that moving forward. I think Ryan Zerman can be. All right, let's take one more break. When we come back, we'll discuss the opponent this weekend, the Milwaukee Brewers. But first, a word from our sponsors. Today's Locked On MLB podcast is brought to you by our friends at Wellfront. You guys know the deal. Stonks, memes, rocket ships, day trading can be a lot of fun. But if you want to grow your wealth long term and make it to the moon for real, you should open up a Wealthfront investment account today. Decades of data shows that investors that trade individual stocks underperform the market every year. In fact, only 1% of day traders actually beat the market. The odds are not in your favor if you're doing it alone. Team up with Wealthfront instead. Investing can be complicated. Whether you're a beginner or you've been investing for years, Wealthfront can make it easy. They have the right tools for every portfolio. Wealthfront can create a portfolio of globally diversified, low-cost index funds personalized just for you in minutes. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnMLB. To get your first $5,000 managed for free for life, go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnMLB. That's W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash LockedOnMLB to start growing your savings today. Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnMLB to get started today. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is also brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting, best for you protein bar in that game today. Coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. Those are the nine flavors available right now at BuiltBar.com. 17 grams of protein, only 130 grams of uh, 130 calories, rather, four grams of sugar and only four grams of net carbs. You go to BuiltBar.com today. You use that promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Once again, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, so the Nationals opponent this weekend is the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, this team does a couple things. One, they don't hit the ball very well. Well, I guess they do a couple things. They things they don't do. They do not hit the ball very well. They are the uh, second worst team batting average in the league at 209. So that's not, you know, I think all of us know that that's not very good. Um, they don't drive in a lot of runs. They're you know not very good uh, when it comes to you know getting guys on base. Uh, they do walk a decent amount, right? They hit 209 with a 296 on on base percentage, but. Uh, it's not like their on-base percentage is you know anywhere near uh, where a lot of other teams are. They're 27th in the league when it comes to that category. So this is a team also, too, that they just traded for Willie Adamas because they needed somebody to play that shortstop position. But when you look at the lineup as a whole, not a whole lot of fearsome bats in this order. I mean, you, you think about who is like, who's the best guy going right now uh, you know, when it comes to their lineup. And, okay, it's probably, what, Colton Wong, uh, right? They've got a really good year out of uh, out of – Avasil Garcia is hitting 252 so far this season. Eight eight jacks, 25 RBI. Travis Shaw is their leader in RBI, and he's hitting 196 uh, this season. So this is a team that has had a lot of issues 
hopefully that is something the Nationals can take advantage of. We know that the Reds' offense was, was pretty decent, and actually the Nats did a good job of stymieing that Reds' offense for the most part, but they've they got to find a way to you know continue to – I mean, they have eight runs across three days. So, you know, when you give up an average – of what is that? Uh, uh, roughly 2.5 runs per game, right? Uh, you know, two point a little bit higher than that. So if you're going to have that many runs, you know, you should be winning the games. The Nationals did not. This is going to be, a, uh, I guess, a game of you know which offense can can show up and, and do better. I know Willie Adamas has been very good ever since he showed up uh, for Milwaukee. He's really been he's been hitting the ball very well. Um, you know, since that time, and it's good to see that he got a change of scenery and helped him out. He was four for five yesterday with four RBI and a home run in that game uh, against San Diego. Uh, they just dropped, oh, they, they split two of two of four with old San Diego. So that's what they're coming in from a uh, from a batting perspective. Not great when it comes to pitching either. I mean, this is a team that has is twenty five or is five hundred rather, but like the numbers don't say they're they're that good of a team. I will say what they do have is a couple guys who are pretty good starting pitching, right? Pretty good when it comes to the old, uh, starting pitching department for them. Brandon Woodruff is the first guy you look at. 3-2 and two with 1.41 ERA. He has been fantastic this year. He is definitely a contender for Cy Young. He has had an excellent month this month. Um, you know, he had a great April as well, but his May, he has made uh, five starts across the month of May. He's got a 1.29 ERA. And in his last, uh, last outing, seven innings, Three hits, no earned runs, eight Ks, no walks either. He was fantastic. So that matchup with Scherzer is definitely going to be something to watch on Sunday. And across the board, too, with their pitching. I mean, it feels like they've got a few decent arms, and the Nationals are going to face uh, a couple of them this weekend. We'll see what they can do. Obviously, Freddie Peralta, the Nats are going to see him this weekend. So you're looking to see what you're going to get from him, and he's been strong to say – I mean, putting, saying strong is uh, it's putting it – not, I guess not generally nice enough. Uh, he has been fantastic so far for them this season. And then they'll also uh, face Anderson as well. They'll face uh, Brett Anderson tonight, who's not been bad, 2-3 and three, with a 4.37 ERA on the season. But I think Freddie Peralta and Brandon Woodruff are the guys to look at here because Freddie Peralta, uh, for them, you know, has, has had a great month uh, of May, uh, had a really good month, uh, even better month, of April, just a guy across the board for them has been so strong this season. So it'll be interesting uh, to watch him. And look, w- when he pitches for them, this team has been absolutely lights out. They're seven and three uh, when Freddie Peralta takes the bump for them, and uh, you know that's that's what you want to see. It's pitchers like that where guys, you know, uh, and these, his numbers are great, but guys, you can just tell the team got a lot of confidence in whenever they step out on the mound, and just things things seem to click for them. Uh, whenever he is out there. So Freddie Peralta and Brennan Woodruff are the two pitchers to watch because the Nationals, obviously we saw it with Sonny Gray, they can be susceptible to being shut down. All right, that will do it for today's show. Uh, we'll be back throughout the weekend kind of discussing what happens. Anything notable happens, you guys definitely know we'll be doing a uh, podcast for that. Also want to say I apologize for the low audio quality. I saw we did get a, a complaint about that. Uh, hopefully it sounds better now. I know I'm in, I'm in my kitchen right now. Uh, so it's a little bit louder with, with the acoustics, uh, you know, a little bit louder. But in general, the mic is back. We're good to go. Everything's good. I appreciate your all's patience. And I appreciate you guys always listening to the show. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Nationals. You can follow me at Josh Neighbors underscore. Until next time, my friends, as always, stay safe. 